Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs Podcast. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can find me on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well while you're at it, at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. Wow, what a game last night. It had passion, it had energy, sick goals, great saves, and best of all, it ended with the Maple Leafs getting two full points as Austin Matthews scored a beautiful overtime winner. 4-3 Leafs was the final. And to talk about it with me, I am joined by Matt Teague, a hockey writer over at The Score. Teager, how are you, pal? Long time no talk, long time no see, man. How are you? I know. Uh, I'm doing well, man. I'm hanging in there. It's been a wild ride over a year now about for, uh, that we've been in quarantine. So, you know, we're all hanging in there and... I'm sure just like you, sports is keeping me going and like so many other people right now. And, you know, when the Leafs are doing well, that only helps the case and they're back on the winning track. So it's all you can ask for for now. Yeah. And you mentioned it. It's it's literally a year to the date that the NHL announced that they were going on hiatus. So we are going to chat about that and kind of what the year has been like and, and how you've kind of navigated through it a little bit later in the show. But for now, I mean, I really am, have been itching to talk about this hockey game since last night because uh, it was such a great game. Like it was actually so fun and so entertaining. And I, I think that the Leafs and Jets are, are clearly the two premier teams in this division and anytime that these two are going to go up against each other, it's going to be a dogfight the whole way. Yeah, it was terrific. Uh, you saw the high end skill on display uh, from both guys. The Shifley Wheeler uh, line was actually a little bit quiet. Uh, credit to, uh, to some of the Leafs checkers and, and to Matthew's line that actually went up against them yeah. full on uh, pretty much throughout the whole game and, and dominated in nearly every category. Uh, but what a different podcast or tone to this podcast. It would be if that, if uh, after Riley got hacked there in overtime, oh. if Winnipeg had to deposit that puck in and, and, you know, stretch the Leafs skid to four games on a play like that would have been a different tone, but you know, they finally got a little bit of puck luck in that moment. Uh, they haven't been getting a ton of puck luck the last few games and then, you know, put, put the puck on the stick at 34. And I mean, what an absolute monster he is. He's just proving, you know, bummed wrist, you know, still getting in there battling, finding different ways to score. I think really that's, he's solidified. I mean, there's your Pasternak and Ovi's still there hanging in, but he is the most dynamic and diverse goal scorer in the game. And I think this injury has almost allowed people to see that. You see the, uh, the deflection goals the other night, the, you know, just big body in front of the net uh, on the second one the other night, you know, finding the corner there in the net. And then Tonight, just you didn't even think he'd had a had a play really, and he's able to just quickly boom to the backhand into the top shelf before you even know it happened. And that's just with a bummed wrist and everything. It's just incredible how he continues to find ways to deliver. And uh, it's yeah, Leaf fans are very lucky to watch that every night. It was just such a great move. Like honestly, he just <laughs> kind of froze Hellebuck quickly, brought it to the backhand, just got it off. Like I, I if you blinked, you, you missed it. Like exactly. legitimately, it was, it was so quick. And, and to think that, you know, he does have like a bum wrist and he's still able to make moves like that. It's, it's absolutely insane. And you're right. 
the guy can score in many, many different ways. And he just keeps showing us new, different, unique ways that he can. And he's really just improving his game um, night by night. It's, it's actually fantastic. But um, overall, though, like I, for me, I, I was really mostly impressed with, uh, with William Nylander, though. Like I, I think we got to give this guy a lot of credit. He's taken a beating in this market over the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, say, oh, trade Nylander, $7 million for a lazy winger, this, that, and the other. And, and you know, he's, he's had his ups and downs with this team for sure. I've never been a hater of the contract, to, to be quite honest with you. Um, but I have, you know, called him out when he hasn't played well. And sometimes he hasn't. The, the, the first game, I, I thought that he was invisible against Winnipeg. But last night, complete opposite. This guy was all over the place. And, and I thought that he just had a spectacular game and was rewarded for it by getting the, the game-tying goal there in the third period. So I thought that Nylander's game was just unbelievable last night. Possibly the best he's ever had as a Maple Leaf. I think that's, yeah, that's not crazy to say. I think it really was. He was absolutely flying out there. Uh, you know, tied a season high uh, with six shots on goal. It felt like he had 12, though. It felt like he had doubled at it. And it was the quality, right? I mean, he had the breakaway. Right. He had the point-blank chance in front of the net that Hellebuck got a glove on. And you wonder, too, if, you know, they threw, uh, they threw when Thornton was thrown on that line. Yeah. I wonder if that sort of gives him a bit more of a, you know, playing with two veterans like Tavares and Thornton, you can't take take any shifts off, you know, if that makes sense. You, you, he seems to elevate his game sometimes based on who he's playing with. I mean, when he plays with Matthews, it's like he knows he's got to keep up. He knows it's his time to shine, and we've seen that in the past. And there is still a slight inconsistency to his game. I, I don't think that criticism is um, totally overblown. I think when you have weird xenophobic-type reports from certain Toronto columnists going out. Uh, I think that's a little bit or very, very over the top. But, um, you know, there has been times. I remember against the Bruins in the playoffs, there were, there were games where he's absolutely invisible. And, you know, the eye, it's just the eye test. You see him, you know, shy away from going into the corners and, and certain things. But he's developed that so much. And it's, he's, he's grown his consistency so much now to this point in year, I guess, year five for him. It's crazy to think. Um, and most nights now we see that complete William Nylander package. He's stronger. He's faster. He's smart with the puck. Uh, he's more responsible even defensively than he used to be. But it, there's still sort of that inconsistency. When you see a night like last night, you just think, holy smokes, when this guy brings his A game, he can be the best player on the ice. And to know the Leafs have that down their depth charts is, is, is awesome. It's just, you know, bringing, it out, bring, bringing that out of a more. And I think when he plays with guys like yeah. Thornton and Tavares, um, especially Thornton, you're not taking any shifts off. No, and I think that that's, that's always kind of been the issue with Nylander. You know, everyone's kind of known that the, the pieces were there and, like, he is, like, an exceptionally talented hockey player, but the taking shifts off and, and you know, only coming to play, like, one in every five games has been an issue. The inconsistency has been an issue. It's like his A game, everyone knows, like, he, he's an elite top-end player when he's on his A game. Absolutely. But it's like he doesn't even have, like, a B game. It just drops yeah. right off to, like, a, a C or a D. And that's the, the f- most frustrating part about William Nylander. He's either going to have an outstanding game or you're not going to notice him or he's going to be downright terrible and awful. So that that's the biggest issue that people have with Nylander. But last night, like, he was definitely an A game. 
A plus for, oh, yeah. for William Nylander. And, you know, spoiler alert, he's going to show up in my three stars of the game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I just I, – it's really good to see, um, you know, a guy like that. You, you root for him uh, because he does take such a beating a lot of the times from the fan base and, and from the media. And to see him kind of shut people up for a night, go out there and play the way that he did is, is, is really good to see. Yeah, and give Sheldon Keefe some credit too. Um, I think last night, and this is kind of goes back to what I what I said of when yeah, he well, was he put with Tavares or with the lines Thornton. in a blender, right? He did after the first ten minutes. I think the shots yeah. were like seven to one Winnipeg. The Leafs weren't getting anything going, so he moved Kerfoot down to that that third line, tossed Thornton on the wing there, and then moved Hyman up. Who? Oh my God, I could talk all day about Zach Hyman. What a what a you know Swiss Army knife that guy is, and he proved it last night playing all throughout the lineup in all sorts of roles. And, uh, and yeah, it, it really brought out the best of, of each and every guy. So really credit to Sheldon Keefe. Um, he's, he's done such an excellent job not to get too far off on a Keefe tangent here, but, uh, you know, that was the first time that they had lost three games in regulation since he took over as head coach and they hadn't lost four since back then Babcock got fired. That was actually five in a row in, in regulation. So so it's great. It's he's built sort of a more consistent culture here, and even the games that they did lose, those three games, I mean, they could have gone either way, right? The one yeah. the the on uh, I forget what day it is even right now. Um, the 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 first Jets game, I mean, they they were all over them for the most oh. part, and I think it was their fourth highest um, score oh share of scoring chances that they owned in the game. They should have had a lot more uh, going to the net. So I mean. There haven't been many nights this year. I think maybe the Senators game, the second game of the year, where the game ends and they've lost and you go, yeah, you know, the Leafs deserve to to lose that one. And that yeah. is the biggest change, I think, from a year ago, where even games they won last year, you went, mm, is that sustainable the way they're playing? And that's not the case this year at all. Yeah, you take a look at the the win-loss record, and, and a lot of the losses you look at, it's like, well, they actually played well. They just ran into a hot goalie, whether it was exactly. David Riddick coming through Toronto or yeah. uh, Thatcher Demko last week or Connor Hellebuck on Monday. I mean, Connor Hellebuck yesterday was unbelievable. unbelievable. Like the first couple of periods, it, he, he couldn't beat him. They had breakaway chances. They had slot chances on the power play. They had some, you know, option, uh, opportunities shorthanded. You just couldn't beat this guy. And then eventually, you know, they warmed down. They, they peppered him with shots and just kept the pressure going. And eventually they were able to break through with William Nylander. And then a few minutes later, uh, Superman Ilya Mikheyev ends up taking, giving him the lead. But, um, you know, again, though, Connor Hellebuck had an opportunity last night and damn near almost stole points for Winnipeg once again. Like this guy is truly like playing at, at such an elite level and, and he raises his game when he plays Toronto. I don't know if you yeah. saw the splits against like Toronto versus everyone else. This guy's got like a 940 save percentage and then like a 909 against the rest of the league. Like, why yeah. you got to do that to us, Hallie? It why? why? Seems, mo- seems most goalies love to do it. Even Alex right? Gorgiev on, on the Rangers. Yeah. I mean, he turns into Martin Brodeur when, when he plays the Leafs. But um, it's wild. And you know what? These stretches are are such a blessing in disguise for a team like Toronto. Um, it can't be too easy. It just can't be too easy. And right. I still don't – I don't think people – you know, they're clearly the best team in the league. But I think we get carried away and discredit some of the other teams like, you know, the Edmontons, Winnipeg, Montreal. The gap's not very wide. It's just not. They're all NHL teams. They're all the best players in the world. And some of these teams are very good. And so when the Leafs drop back-to-back games to Vancouver, it 
can happen. And as long as, like we said, they're, they're playing well, they're sticking to their identity. Some, some games you're just not going to win. That's fine. But this adversity is great. You don't want to get to the playoffs like Tampa Bay almost two years ago. And, you know, you haven't faced uh, any adversity or any serious, you haven't had to dig deep and, and really find ways to win in very difficult situations. And that's what the Leafs did last night. It was super impressive. You don't want to wait until you're in game three or four of the playoffs till you're in that situation and you go, hmm, we're not usually down like this. You know, like, right. how do you, you could see it, you could sort of sense that in the Vancouver games. They'd fall a little bit behind, then they'd catch up, get the lead, but then they'd give it up and they go, entering the third period, they're trailing and they go, we haven't been here very much. Um, right. And it's, it's, it's an unfamiliar territory. And no matter how good you are, there's a mental side to that where you need, you need, cases and examples of times you can look back and say you know we were in this situation and we stuck to our identity we stuck to our game plan we just kept buzzing and the pucks are going to go in the net so i think that's what they learned last night that if they don't deviate they stick to what they're doing they know who they are now they have more of an identity than ever before um you know these games are blessings for them and you know the more adversity they face throughout this short season the better to be honest it'll just serve them well yeah, and, you know, the fact that they didn't score the first goal last night and were still able to come back and, and win the game and kind of stick around, you know, says something too because <clears throat> I think they're, like, just like a 500 team when they don't score first, but mm-hmm. they're, like, 12-2-1 and one or something like that when they do score first. So, you know, getting that first goal is important for this team. It allows them to, to play a little bit more structured and laid back, and they don't have to be all gung-ho to get back into the game. And, and you know, they – actually capitalize on opposing teams trying to do that and and force them into making errors and mistakes and they capitalize but you know last night they didn't score first you know Nick Ehlers ended up getting on the board uh who had a heck of a game also let's Mm -hmm. throw that out there but uh the, the fact that he was um you know the Leafs were able to kind of weather the storm allowed the first goal but still kind of kept themselves in it and uh, were able to eventually come back and, and get the victory despite that so you know like you said they're they're finding out ways to to win games and it's it's, it's exciting to see um all right let's take one quick break and when we return let's do our three stars of the game but before we do let's hear a word from betonline.ag Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. Mike DiStefano, the host of this program, here with you. Joined with me is Matt Teague from The Score. Teager, uh, we do a three stars of the game. It's pretty standard in hockey, so I'm sure uh, I don't need to explain it too, too much for you. Uh, but last night, again, Leafs with a 4-3 overtime victory. Uh, let's start with your third star of the game. They're, the Leafs played so well. Uh, there's six or seven guys that uh, I could probably give this honor to. Um, Doesn't just have to be the Leafs, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to go with – I'll go with John – yeah, I'll go with Nick Ellers. Um, 
you're right. Let's yeah, we, we got to give the Jets some love. And Ehlers has had a hell of a season. Um, and you know, you saw what he does best on display last night, which is score goals with that incredible speed of his. Um, he's looked great there with Dubois uh, on that line, and they're sort of really uh, cementing themselves as a great second attack unit for the Winnipeg Jets, which is massive for that team. Um, you know, with the Shifley and Wheeler line getting essentially shut down for most of the night, they were very quiet. It was huge to have uh, yeah, a little step up like that and a couple of just professional goals, just absolute world-class shots and finishes. So, um, yeah, I'll do credit to Nick Ehlers. Yeah, I, I also had uh, Nicky Ehlers as my my third star of the night. I mean, two goals, uh, a helper. The the guy truly is having a fantastic year. I mean, you, you said it. And last night, he was probably the best jet on the ice, not named Connor, right? Like not yeah. named Hellebuck. So, you know, I think that, that he's having a, a, a terrific season, underrated type season. And last night he showed that he is, he needs to be talked about amongst some of the league's best. And, and within that group of, of Shifley and, and Wheeler and Kyle Connor, you know, Nick Ehlers has arrived too. And last night was, was one of those statement games to the rest of the league. Like it usually is when you beat Toronto. I mean, there's a lot more eyes on you when you're playing Toronto. So when you have a big game, people start to take notice and people start to to watch. And, and I thought that uh, Nick Ehlers was, was spectacular last night. Uh, all right. Your second star of the game. It's hard to deny, uh, even though they ended up losing and the Leafs got to him, but you can't ignore what Connor Hellebuck did, obviously. Um, that second period, I, I don't know if I've seen a, a period like that in, in all season from a goalie. I mean, six or seven, like, absolute 10-bell saves, just three breakaway stops, not all in that period, but in the game, three breakaway stops, just the point blank chances in front. And, you know, we're all aware of how lethal the – the uh, Leafs scorers are it's not like you got the Anaheim Ducks here who struggle to finish in, in the first place it's it's some of the best goal scorers in the league and Hellebuck was unbelievable and you know Winnipeg really struggled last year in their advanced analytics um, you know they were near last in the league in Corsi expected goals and scoring chances this year they've they've improved a little bit but you can still see sort of their habits coming back and you know, they still haven't fully recovered from two off seasons ago when they lost all those blue liners. And yeah. if Hellebuck hasn't, hadn't stepped up like this uh, to essentially replace some of those bodies they lost with his production and how great he's been, I don't know where the Jets would be. Um, certainly not second in the division right now. No. <laughs> um, you know, and they're a great team. I'm not taking anything away from them. So much firepower up front. But, I mean, when you got one of the best goalies in the world, you know, you lean on them sometimes, and they did. And, uh yeah, shouts to Hollybuck. He's been unbelievable. Yeah, it, I kind of the other day mentioned there's like a parallel between the Maple Leafs from last year and like the year before to like the Jets of this season. So much mm -hmm. firepower up front, but defending has been an issue. They give up mm -hmm. a lot of chances and, uh, you know, they, they put the goalie in a bad spot. The clear difference is that Hollybuck able to make the, the tough stops. Freddie Anderson, yeah. Depends on the night. On timing, timing is everything. And Freddie gets, you know, I heard, I heard you and Tony talking about him last week and rightfully defending him a little bit. And I, I thought that made sense. But uh, it's timing. And I understand the least frustrations with Freddie sometimes, not to go on a Freddie tangent, but, you know, he's, uh, he's just a lot better when the Leafs don't play well, which is great because he keeps them in games. 
But then when they play amazing, he seems to be, when he has between 20 and 25 shots, it seems to be anything can get past him. Yeah. And I think last year, for example, when he was faced like 30 or more shots, he, he had like an eight and one record or something like that. It was like, well, it's like he's more and, engaged in the game when yeah. he's like, right. when he's getting peppered, right? Like it makes sense when you think about it, like the pucks in his zone, yeah. he's facing his shots. Like he's there, he's engaged. Whereas when the Leafs are dominating and they have the puck in the offensive zone, half the mm-hmm. game or more than half the game, then, you know, it, it, you, your mind kind of somewhat ends up going away. It's, it's interesting. Like when, when you do look at it that way, when, when you see goaltenders, you know, they only get 18 or 19 shots against, but mm-hmm. they give up like three or four goals. And it's like, Oh wow, we lost that game, but we dominated like the goaltender has had a bad night. And it's like, ah, sometimes that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And you're, yeah goalie just doesn't you know isn't as engaged that doesn't seem to be the case though for uh, Connor Hellebuck (laughs) this guy and that's the difference maybe between your fringe number ones and your true true elite number ones is the consistency no matter the game situation timing is everything as a goalie it just is I mean you could have a great night and let in one or two softies at the wrong time and it it can cripple your team right so it's it's interesting but for me, uh, my second star, though, I decided to give it to uh, to William Nylander. Uh, you know, he he did end up scoring a goal, like you said, uh, had six shots on the night, uh, played in total 16 minutes. But it was just so great to see him out there playing with, like, you know, such tenaciousness with and without the puck. You know, he was taking it to the net, had multiple chances, and, and finally got one past Hellebuck to tie it and really gave the Leafs the momentum there. Um, so I, I think that certainly this was Nylander's best game of the season, possibly best as a Maple Leaf. And, and it was just, uh, like he could have had three or four goals last night if it wasn't for Hellebuck. Like, he was that good. Like, I really do believe that this guy could have had a, a magnificent night if not for the man on the other side who, spoiler it happens to be my number one but who was your number one star of the night well we're we're kind of just trading names i guess at this point um because I, I it's got to be nylander but you, you you sort of made the the case for him and the, and it's all valid and you know we've talked about him kind of at length already yeah um so i'll just give an honorable shout out to the captain uh john Tavares. sometimes his game doesn't go fully noticed because he hasn't been lighting up the score sheet maybe as much as uh, we as much as you know, you'd sort of like him to this season, anyways. Um, as much as he needs to, will you be honest? Exactly. He, as much as he needs to, he needs that's to. Why I think there's there's been a lot of a lot of crying right. over him lately, and and in the even strength department too, right? I mean, it's one thing to be a power play specialist, but you're not looking for Tavares at this stage quite yet in his career to be diminished to just some sort of power play specialist. You can need more. Yeah. Not at $11 million. <laughs> no, not now. Maybe, maybe in, in the later stages of his thirties when he's slowed down a little bit and you know, he'll still have his hands in scoring touch, but not yet. Um, but I just think his game and maybe a play like the one he had yesterday, that was one of his most dazzling plays as a Maple Leaf like probably his nicest assist and maybe his best goal as a, or sorry, best play in general as a leaf when he just sliced through the, the uh, Winnipeg jets, like he was John Tavares circa 2010. And then, you know, found Nylander flying in and it was just, you know, it might just be a play like that where he gets his confidence back a little bit. And he says, you know what, like I still got a lot of game here and you just sometimes plays like that, just get guys going and, 
and that's all you need. But uh, I, I just think at both ends of the ice, he's been so valuable, so selfless too. His ice time's down almost a minute and a half. He's playing the least amount of uh, minutes he's played as a Maple Leaf. Uh, his average shots per game are down. And, you know, he hasn't complained, he hasn't done anything. Part of that is just the Leafs are deeper as a team. And, yeah. you know, Matthews and Marner, the way they're playing, they're, they're getting so much so much uh, double shifting, especially late in games. But um, I, I just think he's he's been a solid leader. And, and again, last night, things weren't going the way the Leafs wanted them to go. Um, but they kept with it. And him and Nylander were essential, I think, in, in getting them back on track there and, and getting the win. Definitely. So, you know, Shouts those- out to the captain. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'm glad you, you said that because we didn't really talk about him. But, you know, Tavares actually also, along with Nylander, had a good game. And, and mm-hmm. makes sense. They're on a line together. So when one shines, the other most likely going to shine too. So it's it's good to see. And, and it, I think the consistency factor for both of these two has been the biggest issue. So we just want to we want to see that over the course of, you know, four or five, six games in a row. And then don't go silent for two weeks. Maybe if you want to have one off game, then that's fine. Yeah. And get right back at it and be that that true superstar that we know you to be. Like Tavares, mm-hmm. two years ago, his first season in Toronto, nearly scored 50 goals. Like this guy knows how to do it. It's not like his play has dropped off significantly since then. So, you know, I, I think that consistency has been the biggest issue with these guys. But last night certainly uh, showed that they still got – I mean, they got a lot of game left in uh, left mm-hmm. in those legs too. So, yeah, definitely sure. uh, Johnny Toronto having a heck of a night for himself. Um, yeah, I, I went with Connor Hallibuck uh, as my, my number one star just because that game could have been like 8-2. Like realistically, oh, that second I, period, like we talked about, unbelievable. The second period, uh, he made there was ten high danger chances, ten grade A chances for Toronto. Turned aside uh, all of them, and you know this guy what, took gave them two points. The reason why Winnipeg is walking out with three points in this uh, in this thing right now is strictly because of Connor Hellebuck. Like stood on his head the other night, stood on his head again today or last night. And, uh, you know, this guy truly is like a Vesna caliber goaltender. And um, it, it's going to be often that he's probably going to be the best player on the Winnipeg Jets on any given night. He's just that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but last night specifically, like, like I said, Marner had a few really good opportunities. Hyman had a couple opportunities. Pierre Engvall had a, a breakaway chance, that, and he made a nice stop on. Austin yeah. Matthews had a couple of opportunities that he was able to stop. Like, this guy was just out there robbing everybody. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he was the only reason why that game went to overtime, and they were able to sneak a point from the Maple Leafs, which is very, you know, something that they need to do to keep up with them in this, in this uh, North Division playoff yeah. race. Totally. And like I said, I think it's, it, you know, meeting some hot goalies and having things come a little harder than usual is just a blessing. It's, it felt watching it like the Leafs had to work twice as hard for everything that they got or, or just to, to not, not maybe for everything that they got, but twice as hard to actually score and get on, get past Hellebuck. And sometimes that's going to happen. You're, you're going to have to, things are going to have to, they're going to feel like they're twice as difficult to do, um, especially come playoffs. So, yeah, like I said earlier, I think 
that uh, a game like last night is extremely promising for Leafs plan, fans, extremely promising for the team. And uh, hey, keep keep on bringing in the hot goalies. Give these boys a <laughs> keep giving these boys a, a really good challenge, and uh, they'll be in fine shape. The, the more difficult wins that they pull off like this, the better shape they'll be in uh, down the stretch. So, I wouldn't mind a Matt Murray from time to time, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, we got some Hoberg games, Hogberg earlier in the year, but yeah, exactly. yeah or Matt Murray. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so those are our three stars of the night. Uh, so the Maple Leafs with a, a big 4-3 victory in overtime. Somehow, you know, Austin Matthews scores that beauty overtime winner and didn't end up on the three stars of the night. Just goes to show how, how actually great of a game it was mm-hmm. that uh, a guy like that didn't quite make the list, didn't quite make the cut here. Um, all right, we'll take one more quick break, and when we return, we will chat about kind of the weird year it's been. Uh, a year ago to the day is when the NHL was put on pause due to the uh, coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic being declared, and uh, just want to get your thoughts on kind of you know what you remember from that day and, and what has transpired since, and uh, so we'll, we'll have that conversation after we hear from one of our show sponsors, Built Bar. So don't leave. This is the Locked on Lease podcast. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. And Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar Madness. That's right. For today's round one matchup, we've got two pretty quality, quality matchups. We have Caramel Brownie, which is really like almost a personal favorite of mine it is outstanding versus cherry barcia and then on the other side we've got lemon almond cheesecake taking on carrot cake with walnuts for myself i'm gonna be betting for caramel brownie and also the oh man that second one's a toffee i might have to go and chomp on a couple right now and then decide afterwards because i'm not quite sure who i'm gonna go for but you know what I'm leaning carrot cake with walnuts. I'm leaning for the upset. I know everyone wants the cheesecake, but I think carrot cake is an upset. So that's who I'm going to be voting for in the Built Bar Madness bracket. Go to BuiltBar.com or to Built underscore Bar on Twitter. And remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DeStefano here alongside me. I got Matt Teague from The Score. And uh, it's been a year to the day that the world all changed essentially oh yeah like a year yesterday is is really when when things went awry when the rudy gobert situation kind of occurred he was declared uh to be covid positive and they canceled the the utah and the oklahoma city game and then they ended up canceling additional games later in that night. And then the NBA said, yeah, we're going to take a 30-day pause here. And then the ball was kind of in the court of the NHL and the rest of the, of the major leagues to, to see what they were going to do. And ultimately, uh, a year ago today, uh, the, the, the commissioner, Gary Bettman, came out and said, okay, we're going to take like a, a couple of weeks. We're going to take a break. And then uh, we'll, we'll try and get back going once things settle down. Well, 
Matt. Things have settled down. They eventually did get back to playing in August. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But they did finish up the Stanley Cup playoffs in a bubble. We still don't have fans in the stands here in Canada. Fans starting to trickle in down in the States. But Mm -hmm. take me back to, to a year ago today and kind of what was going through your mind, you know, maybe even before, during, and after um, you know, all these announcements were being made. Yeah, it's kind of a blur. I get those, I get these nights all mixed up because there were two particularly. I remember that the one night the Leafs played the Lightning and I was in the office at downtown and, and for the score. And um, you know, they won two to one last game in front of fans that the Leafs played. Uh, Matthews, beautiful cross crease from Marner, one time goal in the third period, two one Leafs. Things were starting to look up. And, you know, you're looking ahead. I remember they played Nashville on Thursday, on the Thursday. Yeah. And that was their next game. And so, you know, and then went to the office the next night as well. And that was the Rudy Gobert night, which was yesterday. Yeah. As we, yeah. Um, yesterday, last year. And, you know, I remember the NBA guys kind of freaking out and saying, like, this isn't good. They can't play. They can't play. Blah, blah, blah. And then in your mind, you're like, yeah, this doesn't feel like the safest thing to continue on here. I mean, part of your brain's like, there's no way that sports are going to stop. Like they'll find a way to get around it. And then part of your brain's like, no, this is a very unprecedented situation. Um, So you're kind of battling before the news drops about like, like, are are we actually going to have a delay? Like, how are they going to figure this out? And then, you know, uh, I remember my supervisor basically saying, you know, I think you're going to come to the office tomorrow, but then on the weekend, I think, we'll devise a work from home plan, temporary, (laughs) temporary work from home plan. Um, And then by the end of the shift, after all the other games got canceled, I remember him coming, coming back to me and saying, stay home tomorrow. And then I, that's when I was like, wow, okay, this is happening. Didn't know the extent of it, but I said, okay, this is happening. And that was my last shift in the office. Um, Still haven't been back. Still haven't been back. It's crazy. Um, I remember thinking in March, you know, you feel so ignorant and silly now, um, but it's not, it's not really our fault. We didn't know anything about what this was, but you feel silly at the time thinking, Oh, you know, by April, by May, you know, things will clear up, give it a couple months, should be fine. And then, then I think by this, I think by the summertime, I was like, yeah, this isn't going away anytime soon. Um, So it's just been a, a whole year of adapting. Um, personally and I guess professionally from a work standpoint you know just learning how to efficiently do our job and cover the league at a top-notch rate like we take pride in doing Um, it's been a a lot of communication really good team effort but I think we're also learning that it is possible to work remotely and I know this is something that people have talked about at nauseum almost about how it's probably um, likely that a lot of workplaces will change and will start more of a work from home model or at least an optional one. And, um, but so that's, it's just interesting and it's just been a year of adapting. And at this point it's like, you don't, you hope it's the vaccine rollout will be effective and efficient and tidy this mess up soon. But, um, at this point I'm not holding my breath. (laughs) You know, you could tell me in another year, we'd still be sort of stuck. And I'd say, yeah, you know, 
I believe you for sure. Um, oh, don't say that. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, trying to, sorry, got to, got to bring the positive vibes back. <laughs> it's just kind of the reality. It's really just become the reality. Uh, I know, the, I know. The, it, like, okay, it's just, just some things that like the world is missing. Like, there's nothing more that I want, Matt. Like, you know, we've known each other now for what, like, three, four years now. Like, shit, yeah, time flies. Like yeah, 2017, right? Yeah, yeah four so years. Like, yeah, we've known each other for four years now. And, yeah. like, I mean, like, haven't seen each other in person in probably a couple. And I would yeah. love to, like, just go to the bar, go down to, you know, some grubby bar in downtown Toronto, and yep. maybe the Wee Chief, my old watering hole, and just grab a pint and watch the Leafs game, like, on a Saturday night. You know, grab a know. pound of wings, a pint and a pound, and away you go. I know. But, uh, haven't been able to do that. It's been, it's been tough. Um, you know, for me, like I, I, you know, very similar. I just, uh, you know, I was working at TSN and the whole week we're kind of watching it. There was a guy, there's a guy, Kyle, who does like a lot of the social media stuff for, uh, for TSN 1050. And, you know, he was watching it and like making sure, you know, what was going on. And, and then when it finally got declared a pandemic, he's like, Oh, it's been declared a pandemic, yada, yada. And, you know, I just remember that was always kind of a, a topic of conversation, like the the week leading up to, to all the shutdowns, like people just discussing what's going on. But there was never like a thought that, you know, what ended up transpiring was actually ever going to happen. And, and that's mm-hmm. what was so weird. It was like up until the Rudy Gobert night when things got canceled. It was funny, actually, um, for, for those who – listen to to the show overdrive on tsn you'll be familiar with the with the grappler uh the producer of the program keith bauer um you know good buddy of mine now and and we actually the night that all that gobert stuff happened we were shoot we were recording a pilot podcast called overdrive after hours with al's brother and the grappler and it was going to be a new like weekly or bi-weekly podcast that we were going to play on the station and and, uh, you know, try and get the boys to come on and chat. We were going to talk about what happened on the show, some of the funny bits that happened, some of the stupid stuff that was said. And it was just going to kind of be like a, a fun little thing. And so we had shot our pilot like that night, a year ago yesterday. And then we finished no more than like 20 minutes after we stopped and hit record. The Gobert news came out. I have not seen this guy, Keith. Uh, the grappler since we said goodbye in that studio because then the next night he wasn't feeling great and then it was like oh you should stay oh, home yeah and then uh he, he what didn't have corona he just happened to not feel good luckily of course but, uh yeah so that he was like though. exactly so he yeah. didn't come in that day and that was before everyone was work you know working from home so like i had to step up and, and it was the first day that I had to produce the show. And I remember it being just like a mad scramble. Brian was in vacation down in Florida. So the question was like, okay, he's coming back. Is he going to come back to work? And like noodles had just gotten back from LA calling a game. And it was like, okay, this dude was just in like LA. And if you remember at, at the time, California was like basically ground zero yeah. uh, or patient zero in America. Like that was a hotbed. And it was just so weird. It's like, okay, Brian's going to come back from Florida. Noodles is sitting here. He was just, like, contaminated yesterday and like, <laughs> an airplane coming in from LAX. Like, this is a little rocky. So we did that Friday show. And then uh, over the weekend, um, yeah, it was – everything had changed. And, and, you know, I've been back to the office. Like, I, I go to the office every day. But all the hosts and all the, the producers and everyone like that, 
they haven't been there. Like it's been eerily quiet in the, in the studios. And I remember thinking, or we were talking about this back in, uh, back in like March. Yeah. Temporary, you know, a couple of weeks, month, maybe once things get settled down, you know, we'll get back into the office. Here we are a full year later and everyone's still working from home and, and with really like not even discussing when we're going to be coming back anytime soon. Like it's still, we're still not at that point. It's, it's bizarre, man. Like I, I remember I thought at least once uh, the playoffs started, maybe we'll start to see things get back to normal, uh, especially like around, you know, TSN, like it's such a, a happening place during the playoffs. Right. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen. Like everyone still was working from home and it was quiet. The parking lot was, was empty. It was, it was weird. It was eerie. Um, it, it's just been a, a wild, wild year, man. Wild, yes. wild year. And I think at that time too, we're on such high alert. I mean, you always should be, and I, I'm not downplaying the virus in any way, but when it first happened, we had zero knowledge of the prevalence of it. The, you know what I mean? Like well, I remember, the f- I remember looking back, like as it was starting to become a thing here, like it was hitting Italy hard and like exactly. being an Italian, like I had roots there. I had family there mm-hmm. and like I, we were like my family, my dad and, and then, I just remember them watching the news obsessively. Like that's all that was on the TVs for the first like three weeks of COVID. If you weren't watching Netflix, the news was on and you're watching every press conference. Like I I can't tell you, you know, the, the, the time before COVID started that I heard a single word spoken out of, uh, uh, Teresa Tam, Doug Ford, (laughs) like any of these people who I just could, could not like i'm not a political person like i couldn't even peg their voice if you heard it right like couldn't care less to listen to these people but every single day i was tuned into like that daily you know one o'clock press conference just to get the updates to hear what was going on just because i wanted to be informed because i was just you know so just you know didn't know what was going on and the only Mm -hmm. way to kind of figure it out was to listen to you know the, the politicians and the people who were doing whatever they were doing it was just so weird it Such was a bizarre time. It was freaky. And like you said, the, the seeing what was going on in Italy and France and parts of Europe made it so real yeah, and so serious. And we didn't know, like I said, sort of how pre- sort of prevalent it was in your air. Like I remember I was just, we have a rabbit on the bottom of my, of my condo and I didn't even go for like a couple of weeks. I was just like, I don't even want to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to touch anything. I didn't want to walk by people. Cause you just don't know. Like, how many people have this, how, 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 how was, strong it is, how, how contempt, like how easy is it to catch, you know, like looking back, like some of the, some of that, some of the funny stuff that, that comes out of it, like those first couple of weeks, yeah. barely anyone had it, but everyone was locked down. Like I'm not going outside. Like I, know. I legitimately outside of walking the dogs. Exactly. Yeah. Didn't leave my house for six weeks. Thank God for the dogs. Yeah. Like that's it though. Like if I didn't I have dogs, I would not have stepped outside for six weeks. Like, I, like everyone was that terrified about this unknown pandemic, this unknown virus, what's going to happen. You know, people know. were loading up doing like three or four like times grocery trips where they would yeah, spend like nuts. seven, $800 on like every, well, 
on Lysol and friggin' just all your paper. essentials, right? Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. But also just like packing the meat freezers and getting yeah. canned foods and canned vegetables just in case. It's like there. It's like we we were expecting some sort of apocalypse to happen. It it <laughs> was know. just bizarre, man. Some, it is sort of comical looking back now, and like I know. and you you'd uh, you'd get you'd just be sitting at home and you'd cough. You'd cough once, just one cough, oh, and, that's you'd, it. and no. you'd go. Uh-oh. <laughs> I got to have a nap. I got to, you know, you chug some orange juice. You're like, I got to, you know. You, you it, Google, it like, <laughs> symptoms of COVID, and it's like, oh, you know, cough, sweat. You, right yeah. away, you feel your forehead. You're like, I don't know. I feel hot. Feel me. Am I hot? Like, exactly. Yeah. It was, it, uh, it's crazy. But I think we've learned so much as people, and um, I, I really hope it ultimately brings people together. I mean, I think it's shown a lot of people's true colors in a negative way, but I think it's also shown that the majority of people, you know, we all have the common goal. We're all looking out for each other and we're all in it together. And that's sort of understood. Um, I've noticed that as time's gone on, you know, most people abide by, you know, the protocols and, and do their best to watch out for their neighbors. Um, And I just, I hope we don't lose that compassion once things return to, I guess, whatever normal will be at that point. Um, because I think that's maybe a kind of a cool benefit. Um, maybe cool is the wrong word, but an, an interesting and different sort of positive, if anything could come out of this, it would be, you know, just sort of the compassion. I think that people have, you know, connect, you just connected with each other more and, and understand each other a little bit better. Yeah, and take less things for granted too. Like you said, I mean, I'd I'd kill to just be able to grab a pint with you right now on King Street and and talk Leafs or whatever else. But yeah, man, makes you wish makes you wish you did it more and and took advantage of all the times that you could have. So, hundred percent. I mean, the, yeah. the weird thing is too, like so many people have left the city. Like, I left the city. I I came back home and now I'm, you know living in Niagara and and just commuting every day. I know you personally, you know, just got yourself a place and, and hammer you're mm. moving out of the city and mm-hmm. i know a lot of people who who've done that and it's uh it's it's going to be a weird situation once things kind of get back to normal to see if people end up getting back into toronto or if we'll see a lot more commuters or if we'll see a lot more work from home and you know kind of what's going to happen once things do get closer to what normal used to be i don't think we'll ever be able to get back and that's kind of the weird part like at what point is someone going to declare no more masks you're good to go and and, and like everyone's going to be like okay sure i mean it's happened in what dallas technically right now some places some places don't even know what a mask is right but but you know that's just you know some yeah people being idiots but like at at some point you got to think you know masks will not be needed at some point hopefully like i, right. I don't know like, I, you know what i don't even hate the idea of like wearing it on trip not not to enforce it but me myself i'm kind of like why didn't i ever wear one of these in the tight corners or i'm not a germaphobe but you probably would get sick a lot less if you just wore one you know what i mean I yeah mean, even just well, common colds and flus i'm not saying i'm going to or people should but it's not the most impractical thing, you know? Well, that's one of the most interesting things that I think people picked up from all this mask wearing and hand washing and, you know, Lysoling and, and all that is the common colds, like, wasn't really a factor this year. Yeah. People weren't interacting with pe- with each other. And, like, yeah. it, it, it was kind of interesting to to see that. And it's like, wow, 
I didn't realize how many germs I apparently do pick up on a regular basis. Like I didn't have, you know, no stuffy nose, no cough, mm-hmm. no sore throat, like no nothing this year out of like everyone I talked to was like, yeah, no, I usually get sick like three or four times a year. Didn't happen at all this year. And yeah. it's, yeah. We're looking out for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for like, once, we're all not living like animals. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> we didn't realize it, but. But as as the disgusting creatures that we are, I assume we will be getting back to back to all that at some point. Um, mm-hmm. When that is, nobody knows. Uh, when it comes to the sports, though, <clears throat> I'm glad that it did return. You know, although we still here in Canada don't have fans in the stands and we can't go and watch them uh, live, at least we can watch them because, you know, yeah. those first couple of weeks, uh, well, a couple of months actually into COVID where there was no sports, it was uh it was it was rough for like a guy like you and I whose life quite literally like we work in the industry and and life yeah. revolves around sports like I lost my my job for a few months there ended up getting laid off and a lot of people were in the same boat and it was it was tough so it's nice to see that sports are back <clears throat> we're not completely back to the way things were uh, it's been a, a a full year which is still just absolutely insane um, but at some point I think we'll, we'll get back to, to kind of where we are, where you and I will be able to hit King street for a pint on the patio, grab uh, some, some beer, some wings and watch the Leafs game. Heck, maybe we can, you know, score some tickets to, uh, to Scotiabank arena. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, yeah, no weird year, weird year. Hopefully everyone survive is surviving still can't say survived it. Like you, you're still going. So yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Maddie. Let's uh, we'll we'll end the podcast here, man. Because uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about COVID anymore. No, it's... I don't think people want to hear us <laughs> talk more about mask wearing. And, and no. it's been a full year of that. So yeah, no, no, yeah. no, no. But hey, man, really appreciate jumping on the pod. That was a lot of fun. I appreciate I appreciate you having me anytime, man. Uh, I'm you know itching to to talk hockey uh, at any time, and especially the leaps and. Um, one last thing. Wouldn't Jimmy Vesey look so good in a Toronto Marlies jersey? I think he would look <laughs> fantastic. Why you got to um, hate on Vesey right at the end, man? He's played decent the last, the last couple of weeks. Not a, no, not a, he, timing he is stepped great. up a bit more. He stepped up. I know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't bully. I shouldn't be a bully. But uh, <laughs> I just had to get that in there. I just I don't know how he survived being in the lineup this long. Um, Me either, but, but it, it – seem to have given him a little bit of a kick in the pants um that's true yeah because a couple weeks ago i was saying the exact same thing as you like when this team gets fully healthy i don't i don't see how he possibly keeps his role in the lineup and Mm -hmm. now there's gonna be a little bit more of a a discussion at least a a conversation about what this lineup will look like uh all right well there's another game tomorrow night that one should be a blast I would assume because the past match have been, uh, yeah, the winner of that one. Uh, well, I guess won't take, well, they'll take the series, I suppose, but the Leafs still will end up with, uh, with the lead when all said and done, which is nice. Yeah. But that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. If you liked what you heard today, please consider subscribing for daily Leafs content. Follow me on the show uh, or on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs and follow Matt. Let them know where they can follow you, pal. Uh, at Tiger21 on Twitter. Um, yeah, you can follow my, my happenings there. You got anything to plug? You working on anything uh, over at the score? Um, 
Not currently to plug. I wrote a little piece about Crosby for his 1,000th game back that I was pretty happy about. So, you know, I read that, big, actually. It was a good piece. Nice. If you're a big Sid fan like me, that's probably the most interesting thing I've written lately. Um, but, yeah, just keep looking, and uh, I'll share things that I write. And, uh, you know, just give me a follow if, if you want. It doesn't, you know. It's, <laughs> no, do it's it. It's your life. It's your life. <laughs> <laughs> do it, people. Go ahead and do it. Uh, if you're a Leafs fan specifically, you know, Tiger's a good uh, good cat, loves his Leafs, and uh, is always tweeting up a storm, too, when they're playing. So, you know, if, if he's not on the pod, you can at least get his thoughts that way if you if you respected his opinions and liked what he had to say today. So, uh, yeah, go follow him on Twitter. Uh, I'll chat with you guys again on Monday. Enjoy the weekend, folks. Enjoy the game. And uh, till next time, keep locked right here on Locked on Leafs.